Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. Today, I have a very special guest, Emma Farrick, and she is the owner of Elf Operations. Her official title is Operations and Systems Strategist. So welcome. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you because this is something, the topic that we're going to talk about is the importance of having a virtual headquarters to grow your remote team. And this is something that in the last two years has become even more important than ever before. So I think it's an amazing topic. Tell us a little bit about you and your background, how you got started in operations and systems. Yeah. I am, I was going to school for supply chain management, operations management in my corporate field. So when I graduated, I went right, right into a manufacturing job with project scheduling, like project management, resource planning, all that. So it was very much focused in on what I got my degree in. It was gr- great for the experience, but At the time, I was also a newly single mom at 22. So I was, you know, just struggling with the option of how do I incorporate doing what I went to school for, what I liked doing out of that job, but also being able to be home with my daughter more and have a more flexible work schedule and have more control over my income because of everything that was going on in my personal life. I just knew I needed to be able to have that flexibility and control financially at the same time. And so I started my VA business on the side. So I wanted more control and flexibility when I started my virtual assistant business, because it was easy for me to get into. I was just offering a little bit of admin help, admin help, balancing clients um, on the side while working full-time. Still, I quickly realized with the pandemic, because the pandemic happened, probably six months after I started my business with daycare not being available anymore. It seemed like the perfect opportunity to jump full-time into it because I had the interest from people, especially locally who were going either having to go remote or having to adjust what they were doing in their business. And so when I went full-time, I really niched down, niched down into operations and systems. So what I'm doing now, and I started doing some consulting and project-based work instead of having the VA work as my only kind of revenue. Yeah. And once I went into that full-time, messed around with, okay, how, what, what do I want to offer? How do I want to offer it? Which led to, into what Elf Operations is today, which is focused on um, operations consulting and building out teams. And with all the clients that I had in the last year, the focus was really on how do we build out and support this new structure or this new way of working, which was remote working or having team members and consultants um, because a lot of the people or a lot of my clients were moms or female entrepreneurs who just wanted to have a better life with their business and really be able to stay at home or work a flexible schedule. But then they ended up realizing, oh, well, I need to kind of really focus in on this CEO role, not just doing what I like to do, 
there's a little yeah. bit more into it. And how do I structure this team? So I really do have that freedom and how do we communicate and things like that. So working on supporting other moms in that way. I love it. That's awesome. And I am a big advocate of supporting other moms, as you probably know from the podcast, but I love connecting with, you know, businesses that are helping moms in particular. So I'm very glad that you're here and also very glad that we're going to talk about this. So what is basically the first step in having that virtual headquarters and, and why is it so important to us with, you know, agencies or just even like a small, like solopreneur operation or coaching. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you wouldn't, you might need a team. Right. Whether it be the team on the external side, like if you're a a lot of people I work with are service providers. So you're having, building out that agency, there's an important team factor that are going to be client facing, or even if you have a coaching or online business, There's the team that's going to support you admin-wise, marketing-wise, all the internal stuff that's going to happen. And I think the biggest thing people are starting to realize is virtually the information in your business can be kind of all over the place. There's different systems that can house different information. You can have a lot of things. Even the simplest example is not having your Google Drive organized in an optimal way that makes sense for other people because... I think the statistic that I last read, and this could be updated, um, entrep- like small business owners or business owners in general, if they're not organized, can waste anywhere to six to seven hours on average a day um, looking for things, just pieces of information. Wow. You know, how do you streamline that? Like making an actual process, not even a process, but a standard of this is how we organize things. This is the naming convention, things like that, or like the small details that sometimes get overlooked but having everything organized in a way that is searchable and organized to help your team communicate and find the pieces that it needs so that you're not bottlenecking the situation or the flow of information. Because like I said, a lot of the clients I've worked with, that's been a main theme is where, where does this information live and how does it go from one part to the next? Because you're not always with an online business or service-based business having a physical product go out all the time. So how do we manage that flow okay. in that process? Awesome. So you're considering the virtual headquarters to be more of like the place where everybody can convene, where they can communicate, where everything's stored. Is there a possibility of like, there being multiple virtual headquarters or is that a bad thing to do? I think that it there's ways to have that, to collectively have that information all just drawn into one central location. So a lot of the times what we're doing with my clients in making this virtual headquarters is it's all based out of a project management tool. I usually use ClickUp that I've set them up in other project management tools, but there's a way that you can use these tools to not just manage a project, but manage your business as a whole, where you can tie in a lot of those pieces of information. So it's not that each system, like your Google Drive or your CRM is your headquarters. It's just housing certain information, but all having it in your tool, your project management tool slash headquarters as easily found, easily accessible, Mm -hmm. and 
clearly stated for whoever might be joining your team. So like an example would be, we house for a couple of the agencies I set them up, we house all the team information, contact information, because that's also kind of, that's often overlooked. Like, how do I get in touch with someone who might be in a different state or a different country on this team? What hours do they work? What's their contact information? Like, because not everyone when you're, when you have a small business is like hierarchy is not fully defined or mapped out. Um, yeah. People don't always have clear defined roles. So it's what are, what are the responsibilities of the contractor or this person who is part-time or full-time and how do we um, manage that yeah. piece? So there's that information or, you know, you have SOPs that live in Google Drive, but you connect it back. So it's easily found in the, in the project management tool and just links back or, you know, I like using um, with ClickUp, they have embedded views. So that's always nice because hmm. you can, instead of going out of the system, you can literally work within ClickUp on that Google Doc or Google spreadsheet if you're mapping out your process there. That's awesome. I did not know that. I tried ClickUp probably like four years ago, I think. And yeah. I wasn't like into it, but now I use FreedCamp and okay. I really like it because it's like super robust. But let's talk about my system and see if you think it's a horrible system. So I have all of the files in Google Drive. And then it's synced with Slack for our communication channel. And then right. FreeUp is like the virtual headquarters. So FreeUp's like your, how are you utilizing it as the virtual headquarters? Is that just storing the information or is it like where everyone has access to? Everyone has or... access to it, but it is more kind of like a resource for like how like processes and procedures and, and things like that. So. Are you linking the Google Docs and info back into there? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Then I feel like that's that's usually how people will do it, especially if they don't have the embed feature in their tool, mm -hmm. which is not anything. I mean, it is nice to have sometimes, but as long as you can link it back to yeah. the main source and or have video instructions wherever they may live. Like I know a lot of people will link to their Loom or mm -hmm. if that's where they're using their video instructions and things like that. Yeah, I always do video instructions and then I have my VA put it into an SOP. I'm like, I don't know, I can't type, I don't, you know. Huh. Yeah, that yeah. is what I do for a lot of my clients or just help them outline what's needed in an SOP. Yeah, that's awesome. At a minimum. Yeah. Awesome, so what else do we need to consider when we are thinking about the virtual headquarters and growing our team, you know, with people all over the world, potentially. Yeah. I think other than just making sure people, so that's another part of what I've worked on with the clients is making sure each person has access to the right thing. So tracking, if you have a role or a contractor, what, where, what systems or what, what, um, software do they need to have access in into especially for as part of their onboarding process and keeping track of that so it's not duplicating okay or you know they're in the middle of doing a task and they find out they don't have access to this piece of software or this SOP because they don't have access to the right part of the Google Drive because things live everywhere so centralizing it tracking the accesses required 
having a way to share passwords has been a huge thing that a lot of my clients have had issues with. So internally, a lot of people will keep some of their path. They're not as like high risk passwords into their project management tool in a place that is um, can be secure. So it's only whoever is on the team has access to it. Like sometimes we won't always get like contractors. So it depends on that as a, in a case by case scenario of, you know, is this contractor just doing certain things? How much information do they need to have access to? So that's another thing to look at when you're looking at the virtual headquarters in the project management tool. Can you restrict certain areas of the tool to just like your team members or like limit how much a contractor has access to based on your relationship with them? Because, you know, I'm a contractor considerably for most of my clients, but I have a lot of access because I'm an OBM for them. So yeah. I need the access to reduce the bottlenecking, but we have a longer term partnership yeah. kind of mapped out. But if you, know, if you have a one-time off project-based client or project-based contractor, you don't want them to have all your passwords, but like, how do you convey this, the information that you need easily? That's like one example that comes to mind, but also you don't need them to have access to every client information or project piece that you need. That, that would be some of the biggest things that have come up with a lot of the clients in their hub of how do I store this? Because sometimes LastPass doesn't work or how do we get around codes and make sure the team has access and it's not causing them to delay an attack? Because mm -hmm. especially with considering time zones, you know, you have to be aware. At least that's what we've been dealing with on a lot of the teams is the time zone of okay, I'm, and that's where my background comes in, I feel like, is how do I backwards schedule this deliverable that needs to be done by a certain time, but I need to, and then also factor in, okay, this team member that I'm assigning it to, you know, they work at a different time zone, so I need to make sure I'm factoring that in with the due date, giving some buffer in case there are issues. A lot of people will like, I'm just going to sign this right now for tomorrow, but they don't even have access to everything they need to complete the task um, yeah. correctly. And then there's delay. So making sure you can factor in for that. Like I know things need to happen quickly for a lot of projects, which is understandable, but some tasks you have to factor in yeah. a little bit of a time frame, especially a bigger project. Definitely. Definitely. I have a project just like that now that I'm still waiting for access to different things and I'm waiting for them to purchase a plugin so I can fix this and that. And they're like, they wanted it done yesterday. And I'm like, well, I don't have everything that I need to do it. Like I can't. <laughs> so yep. so, just... I, so not to cut you off, but the thing mm -hmm. that came to mind is when I, when I was working with consulting projects like that, that having that stuff in the hub as well, like even every small deliverable and like whether they're waiting, it's waiting on me or waiting on the client so that I also have a historical record for myself of, you know, how, how has the project progressed? What's our communication been? Like we, that info is there and I can keep track of, okay, no, this is, I'm waiting on you or they need to add, provide me access to this. So holding even your team members accountable because people want to sometimes don't put enough details in there. Mm -hmm. And then that's how sometimes things will get missed. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, I love that you're talking about these things because they're like, it's like the little tiny things that like screw up our day, you know, like mm -hmm. it can just mess up your day. Like, oh, I think I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. And then you're like, wait, 
change, you know, like I can't get that done. So yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. And I have a question for you since you work with a lot of companies and people that are, um, you know, hiring virtual team members, where is the best place that you've seen to source virtual team members from? So I think the, it depends. I'm going to say it depends on the type of role you're hiring for. Okay. So, and it depends on the type of team that you want to build out as a, as an agency owner or as a business owner, you know, cause full-time people and part-time employees, I feel like you're going to, that's a whole different potential client than a contractor who you might hire out where, or a contractor slash consultant that maybe is a little bit more of an expert. Cause you know, a lot of people will be like, well, what is the difference between you and a VA? And I'm like, well, the VA is going to be doing tasks at, that you want mm-hmm. and you need to be mapping a lot of things out where I'm going to come in with my area of expertise and help you think of the next couple steps and helping you implement that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I was doing more OBM work and project management work, they didn't under some people didn't understand the difference because you want people on your team that's going to be implementing and then there's going to be a level of management or yeah. if you're doing a project that requires like a branding, like a branding expert or a marketing expert who's con- really consulting for you at a short period of time to give you more expertise in something than just doing it. Like there's yeah. people who will implement for you. Okay. Um, but hiring full-time or part-time is going to be different. I feel like that those places that you're going to find the best kind of candidates or you know using a type of indeed and the, mm-hmm. the the consideration comes up a lot of does this role want to be like more local because I've seen a lot of online business owners who have remote people but they want their personal assistant or their EA in in the town with them or yeah. they just have so it's really like mapping out what you really really want from that role and the type of person that you want because I've had success with people finding referrals out of like networking groups or Facebook groups for a contractor or a consultant. But if you're going to go the full-time route, I feel like indeed, or hiring out yourself, like kind of putting out the application, building out the application yourself um, is super important. And then also going through the, the proper hiring steps, not just like, not just maybe depending on the role, you might need more than a discovery call. Like, mm-hmm. which is very standard in our business yes. or like in our industry. But if you're hiring someone, I might say like, see if you can do a one-off paid project with them or a trial run type of thing. Okay. That makes so and much I, sense. I don't know if that was in enough detail or too much detail. Yeah, but no. It's very, it varies on the type of role and what you want for your business. That's awesome. And I completely understand that. It makes so much sense. But yeah, so I think this is an amazing episode because you've given us so much information and so many things to consider actually. Like when you think about it, like your project management tool, where are you storing everything? Like what, you know, there's just literally a huge list of things that you've given us to think about. So do you have any resources for, for business owners that are looking to kind of figure all of this out and get to a point where they can grow their team and have this amazing remote virtual team? Yeah. So right now what I have out and accessible that's not in the works is I have my tech stack workbook um, that is an exercise I run through with my own clients or when I'm consulting for people just to walk through 
how to pick the right tech for their business and in a way that's not overwhelming um, because a lot of people will just be stuck on what tool do I need and research it to death. So this is a way to quickly compare, you know, three to four options that you're looking at and how to implement it quickly into your business. And then I have my, my masterclass. It's an evergreen masterclass that gets delivered right to your email and you can sign up and it'll walk you through, I think, four trainings on, you know, how to identify your operation strategy for the next quarter and identifying key metrics. And then once you have those things in place, we talk about, you know, what part of the support process do you need? Do you need tech or do you need people? And when to pull them in because that's usually the order of what we walk through with my clients. So mm-hmm. this is a way for you to get the training from me to get started and have your you have access to a workbook and access to ask me questions. That's awesome. I love it. That's, that's those are huge... both on my website. <laughs> okay, awesome. And that'll be in the show notes. So if you're looking for that link, you can find it there. And I think it's really, really cool that you're offering that extra help, like that access to you in the masterclass, because sometimes you just buy a masterclass and then you're like, okay, now what, you know, but especially in the field that you're in, which there are so many variables and so many different business models and questions and all of those things. So keeping that in mind, it's, it's very interesting and very, very helpful for you to, to provide that for people. Yeah. That's why. And I also just love that aspect of with a live masterclass, you can ask questions but I didn't want anyone to feel obligated to always be live in my, mm-hmm. and that doesn't jive with how I want to run my business. Yeah. So let people access it, watch it on their own time, and then can respond via email or Loom. Um, especially with my business, I've noticed with tech, sometimes people just want to like send a little screen recording and yeah. be able to show me so I can give them a better answer. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for coming on and sharing your amazing knowledge and everything that you do with us. I feel like we've picked your brain and we've got so much information that um, we all are going to go, you know, implementing now. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Yeah. So. I hope so. That's why I want. I want everyone to feel more in control and not overwhelmed by their business. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where is the best place for everyone to find you online? So you can find me online at elfoperations.com or on Instagram at elf underscore operations. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Emma. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm so glad that we got to connect. Me too. Thank you for listening to the Determined Mom Show. We appreciate you and we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us reach as many other moms as we can. Don't forget to download your 10 things you should be doing to get more clients from Google search guide at rebrand.ly forward slash Google 10. 